Welcome to a special monthly episode of the Jesus Calling Podcast. This month, we're featuring multiple guests who have previously appeared on the Jesus Calling Podcast, speaking about prayer during times of both sorrow and joy. Christmas is the season to celebrate the love and hope of Jesus, but for some, it can bring difficulty. Our guests remind us today that no matter what season we're in, prayer can be a light in our darkness. Let's start with Bible teacher and speaker, Margaret Feinberg. My name is Margaret Feinberg, and I've had the joy and privilege of sharing the story of what God has been doing in my life and in our community and throughout our world for the last 20 to 25 years through writing and teaching, Over the years, I have seen my faith grow deeper and deeper, and often that's through challenges and hardship. It's not always through the easy peasy, but those seasons of life where things are difficult, the struggles are real. You know, I think a lot of times when we think about false beliefs or these negative thought spirals that that just sneak in, these lies that are not true, I think a lot of them are more common than we realize because they're part of our culture. They're things that people say a lot. They're things that we hear and they're things that if we're not careful, we can start to believe. Throughout this wild year, I've been just asking the Lord, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do when this passes? Not just in and through it, because I think God is doing this gracious, gentle challenge, exposure, and reset in all of our lives in this season. But I've just been praying, Lord, what do you want? What do you want in people's lives? And the thing I've sensed the Spirit saying is the word healing. And that even though there has been so much conflict and shrapnel and pain and loss, that the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing in and through all of us. And so I've been praying for healing. Father, expose those areas in me where I'm clinging to the lies, where I'm clinging to false beliefs. Father, liberate me from those, heal me from those. And I'm seeing Christ do that. I'm not just seeing it in my own life, I'm seeing it God do that in my friends' lives. As we are at these junctures where, you know, maybe the illusions or the idols that we once clung to are being toppled in a world where our culture is becoming increasingly toxic and polarized, we can not give in to that negativity and the lies and the deception and the false beliefs in that, but that we can ground ourselves in this moment in the truth of the scripture, the truth of what Christ says and begin proclaiming that not just over ourselves, but over our family and our friends, it is so incredibly powerful. And in that place, God can rise up with his healing power. Entrepreneur and traveler, Zim Flores. The power of prayer has always been real. Prayer is something that brings us closer to God. It allows for us to have a connection with him. And whatever God does for us and with us is always for our good and for our learning. And so I'm praying for a revival of repentance. And I'm praying for the people who have been sleeping on their post, who have been called to be used of God, but perhaps got distracted this year. I'm praying for a hunger in this generation for the things of God. I'm praying for unity 
in the spirit. I got my start in entrepreneurship with a travel company that I started in 2013 that we grew to be a really great success. And one day I felt the Lord kind of nudging me to give it all up. And so I went on this really wild, (laughs) interesting, painful, challenging journey and I sold it. I had spent all of this time tying my identity to this business that when the business was no longer there, it was, I almost fell into this like identity crisis where I think a lot of us, as we think about who we are, we kind of place these tent poles with other people or we place these tent poles with, you know, the towns that we grew up in or the jobs that we have or how much money we own or all of these different things that when those things go away, it's really hard for us to grasp who we really are. But I think about what I've been able to gain as a result, right? That God has allowed for our businesses to prosper, that he is really when we think about it, the vine dresser. So I think about the scripture in John 15 that talks about how God will prune even the things that bear fruit so that they may bear fruit more abundantly. And so even though my time with Travel Noir was cut off, it wasn't a bad thing, right? Like it was, you know, blooming, it was doing all of those things. But God had to trim and prune that branch so that more could grow abundantly. And so I look at my life now and I look at my life then and think about how much I've grown and how much God has blessed us with. And I want to remind everybody that's listening here that your sacrifice unto God is not for naught. He will honor that sacrifice, whether it is tomorrow, whether it's next month, whether it's five months or a year from now, God always makes good on his promises. And so that process for me just completely changed my life. There is a period of time where we have to get to the basics. What is it that God is trying to teach us? What is it that he's trying to tell us? Is there something that we need to be focusing on that we're not focusing on now? And how can we spend more time with God in this season? How can we pray more? How can we fast more? How can we stay in tune with his word? How can we stay in his will? So every time we are in these kind of like transition phases, we shouldn't just look to the people that are closest to us to tell us what we need to do next. We should also firstly go to God and ask him what he thinks. I think that being grounded in prayer and devotion time is something that definitely helps cultivate a stronger relationship with God. And I think at some point this year, a lot of us have probably been convicted of the fact that we might not have been spending as much time with God as we should versus looking at the news or checking up on what's happening around the world. I'm such a fan of anything that helps people build deeper relationships with God. I think that it's one thing to be a part of the body of Christ, to be a part of a church, 
but nobody, not even your pastor, can help you get a relationship with God. That is on every individual person. It is on us to cultivate our own individual relationship with God. Jesus Calling, April 2nd. I have promised to meet all your needs according to my glorious riches. Your deepest, most constant need is for my peace. I have planted peace in the garden of your heart where I live, but there are weeds growing there too. Pride, worry, selfishness, unbelief. I am the gardener and I am working to rid your heart of those weeds. I do my work in various ways. When you sit quietly with me, I shine the light of my presence directly into your heart. In this heavenly light, peace grows abundantly and weeds shrivel up. I also send trials into your life. When you trust me in the midst of trouble, peace flourishes and weeds die away. Thank me for troublesome situations. The peace they can produce far outweighs the trials you endure. You know, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And if I know that God loves me and I know that God has my back, then I can go into each season knowing that there is something, there is a new lesson, there is a new blessing for me there. And this kind of like risk taking is still within the boundaries of God. And that's the safest place to be. Tana Amen cancer survivor and vice president of Amen Clinics. At 23, when I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, I felt like everything just sort of snapped. The thyroid cancer metastasized, it kept coming back. I had to quit my job, drop out of school. And there was a time when I actually finally thought I'd had the world by the tail and it all just came to a screeching halt. And I fell into this very deep depression and I wished I could just die. And fortunately, my mother had instilled this very deep level of guilt and always told me that if something happened to me, her life would be over. So I never really thought about killing myself, but I really kept thinking there's no reason for me to be on the planet. And I just wished that God would let a truck hit me. Or I kept praying that God would just let something happen because I was just wasting oxygen on the planet. I guess God picked me because he knew I could handle it. He gave me the strength. And even when I didn't know it, God knew it. And it was a light switch moment because I realized in that moment that if I only took 50% responsibility, it meant someone or something else had the other 50%. It meant I wasn't really in control of it. It wasn't me just relying on God. It was like me giving up control and being a victim. And it was this light switch moment and it changed the trajectory of my life at that point. And I started to realize that's, you know, I, I'm reluctant when it comes to healing. But God knows so much more than we do. There's a reason he puts these things in front of us. And it's, I probably will argue again in the future, but I'm gonna lose, I already know that. Cause I've already said that prayer. It's like, God, please humble my heart. Let me know when this is from you. I think it's important to draw boundaries, but also understand when God's calling you to do something. Reclaiming our health and wellness is one of the most empowering things we can do. and. I did not grow up healthy. I was a very sick child. So I went on a mission to learn what the importance of nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, what, what is the importance to our physical health, to our mental health? What I learned is that when I put myself out there and helped when I didn't want to, 
I just had no idea how much of the help was for them, but the healing was for me. God had these big healing lessons in store for me and I couldn't see it. I couldn't know it until I actually did it until I actually trusted him enough to do the uncomfortable thing. So the help was for him and the healing was for me. So I think prayer is incredibly powerful. Prayer is when I'm talking to God and I tell him my joy, my frustration, everything that there is, and I get it out of my head and it just really stills my soul. And it's so helpful. I notice that when I get too busy, my life feels chaotic and hectic. When I take the time to pray and meditate, I feel like I can handle what's going on in my life. It's just that simple. I tend to not ask for what I want, but rather for strength to handle what's happening. I pray to God about my frustrations. I pray to God about what I would, you know, if it's his will to let things happen. But mostly I pray for strength. I feel like my life is so much better today, not in spite of my struggles, but because of them. You just have no idea how powerful that can be going forward. What God has in store for you, if you will just trust him. Church leader, business owner, and coach, Jess Connolly. We all have to believe that God has called us and given us a purpose, but where do we start? How do we move beyond feeling like we're not enough to take a chance on ourselves? The way that we move beyond feeling like we're not enough is by accepting that we're not enough, <laughs> truly. We have access to the gospel, which means that we get to be rooted in the good news that though we are not enough, God is. So often when I'm encouraging women or coaching women and helping them find their God-given gifts, I ask, what do you like to do? Do you love to sing? Do you like to cut hair? Do you like to drink coffee? Do you like to write? Do you like to teach? Do you like to dance? How can you utilize those things for the good of others and the glory of God? And that helps me so much when I I begin to look and pay attention to the things that continually people are asking me to do or looking to me for, I realize this is part of this place that I serve in this community. And that is a great place to find purpose. Genuinely, I think a lot of us try to find purpose and we think about what we can do rather than who we can serve. And so really asking who we can serve and what they need from us is an incredible, incredible way to find our purpose. As Christians, we get this great and freeing good news that we might not be enough, and that's okay. He is enough. He will equip us. He will empower us. He will work in and through us. And that is the best news that we can live into. And honestly, it's the number one way to get over feeling stuck or feeling like we can't take a step forward. I absolutely believe that spending time in God's Word is not something we have to do, but it's absolutely something that we get to do. And I think everything shifts in our hearts and in our minds when we begin to step into that realization and when we stop seeing reading the Bible as the healthy thing to do or the right thing to do or the wise thing to do and instead the abundant gift given to us by a good God who wants to communicate with us and wants us to understand His character. I try to sit in silence and have a little bit of contemplation and listening to him and try to discern what it is that he's saying to me. And then I also love to read a few different devotionals too. I like to flip around to all different ones and 
get different perspectives on people who see God in different ways. One of my favorite theologians, Charles Spurgeon, says, you don't always get what you want, but you always get what you expect. And I have learned that part of the beauty of prayer is that when I pray for certain things, for God to move in certain ways, I begin to look for and see the fruit of those things. And so I'm really praying to see His power and to see His presence and to see His peace manifested in people. Here is Jesus Calling, February 25th. Rest in my presence, allowing me to take charge of this day. Do not bold into the day like a racehorse suddenly released. Instead, walk purposefully with me, letting me direct your course one step at a time. Thank me for each blessing along the way. This brings joy to both you and me. A grateful heart protects you from negative thinking. Thankfulness enables you to see the abundance I shower upon you daily. Your prayers and petitions are ringed into heaven's throne room when they are permeated with thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks, for this is my will for you. Pastor Levi Lesko, who tragically lost his daughter Lenya when she was just five years old, when Linya went to heaven, we were at a loss as parents, not only how to go through what we were facing ourselves, but how to help our kids process it. And of course, we involved professionals and our spiritual community and all the rest. But how do we day by day help them navigate like, okay, we're going to our, you're, you're going, we're going to your little sister's funeral today. We're gonna go to the graveyard today. We gotta go pick out a casket today. And then next uh, year, there's Mother's Day and Father's Day and all these landmines that are gonna be so difficult to navigate. We, what we did was we would try and process spiritual truth from, from the Bible into ways that our kids could understand them. Every kid has to go through hard things and, and everybody does. You know, we're all just grown up kids at the end of the day, uh, still dealing with hard things. And for us, that hardship meant, you know, as I mentioned, our daughter Linya at the age of five, going home to heaven after an asthma attack five days before Christmas, which was unexpectedly brutal and painful and traumatic. And there's that stuff, but then there's also, you know, the daily stuff. I mean, obviously the year that this world has just seen, the last 15 months, that's hard. Um, Dad losing a job is hard. Getting bullied at school is hard. Making friends at summer camp can be hard. I remember sixth grade, the lunch period with no one to sit with. I dedicated the book, uh, Roar Like a Lion, to my daughter, Lenya, because it would not exist without her. Like, okay, here's how we're walking a, a five-year-old through processing grief or pain or difficulty at a level they can understand it. Because look, Every one of these kids who are going to read it, they're going to face grandma going to heaven or the loss of a pet or, or little things too along the way. And so this is just how do we take scripture and put it in a, in a way that, that's going to make sense and, and help people to have courage. When I go back to the Lord's Prayer and see what Jesus took prayer and made it. And when I remember like how exhilarated I feel when one of my daughters gives me a hug or comes and sits next to me on the couch and puts her head on my shoulder. That's prayer. Prayer is me sitting next to dad and putting my head on his shoulder and just unburdening myself to him. When when my oldest daughter tells me about a crush that she has on a boy at high school and I hyperventilate on the inside but play cool and try and be unshockable dad, you know, 
when Lennox catches a fish and looks back at me in the boat and says, look at the fish I caught. That's what my father wants from me. So when I come to him and say, dad, I've got this situation. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm alone. I feel, and then I, I just remember he's there. It's dad, I'm, I'm hurting father. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm confused. I'm anxious. And here's what's on my heart. And you know what? I want what you want from me. I want you to take the wheel. That's freedom and that's liberation. So my prayer journey has been one where I've discovered I'm better at praying while I'm in motion. I think it was Henry David Thoreau who said, when my legs are moving, my mind begins to work or something like that. I butchered the quote, but the essence of it is when he was walking, he had great creative ideas. And I found that's how it is for me with prayer. So there's a walking path by my house. And if I need a few minutes to recalibrate my heart, I just go walk. So, and then also writing out prayers. I keep a daily journal and I find that when I'm really have something in my heart to write it out to God in that written form seems to help. Many people are worried about failure, but maybe we should all be more worried about success. And I think the bigger you get, the more God does through your life, the easier it is to lose your soul, to lose the fire for the original vision, to lose that sense of passion, that sense of, of why. And the moment you lose your why, you always lose your way. Singer and songwriter Natalie Grant. In 2017, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And, you know, when I was first diagnosed with the cancer, I remember the doctor saying something to the effect of, you know, if you've got to get cancer, this is the kind to get. No one wants to get cancer, but, you know, you're going to, you're going to survive this. You're going to be okay. But the part that I wasn't prepared for was them saying, listen, we're going to go in and we're going to get the cancer out. But the cancerous tumor that is in your thyroid is laying on your vocal nerve. So it's very likely that you're never going to sing again. And if you sing again, you're not going to sing the same. You're not going to have the same vocal range. You're not going to have the same vocal strength. And I just remember sitting there listening to this, you know, and, and I, I don't know if anyone listening has had this experience where you get news that's so hard to digest that it's almost as if all you hear is white noise. You can't even you can't even really process what they're saying to you at that point. And I had a real crisis in that moment of realizing, okay, I know I'm going to survive this cancer, but who am I going to be if the singing is gone? And I had often said, singing is not who I am. It's just what I do. Until I was faced with the reality that I may never sing again, and I had to come to terms with the fact that I'm like, I was lying, I was lying. Singing is totally who I am. It's who I am, and I don't know who I'm going to be without it. And I had a real crisis in that moment of realizing, okay, I know I'm going to survive this cancer, but who am I going to be if the singing is gone? What I feel was the greatest miracle that came through that season was that I came to a place in my own heart and in my faith before I ever knew what my outcome, what the answer was going to be, before I ever knew how it was going to turn out. I could say, honestly, my outcome does not determine His goodness, that He is still good 
that he is still faithful, that he is still true, that he is still worthy, that he is still loving, even if the outcome is not what I am hoping it to be. And I think that that was, for me, the place that that was such a miracle to be able to get to. Um, And that happened a lot because I learned how to praise him in the middle of the storm, not waiting till the other side of the storm to thank him for how he brought me through, not waiting till the other side of the storm to recognize that, oh yes, he never left me and never forsook me. He was always with me. He's, you know, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's often what we can say when we're on the other side and things turn out okay. But when you're in the middle of it and you have no idea which way it's going to go, you have no idea what is how it's going to turn out, but you choose to praise Him anyway, you realize that praise precedes the miracle. And, you know, obviously the end of that story is that I can still sing and I am a strong believer in the power of prayer and not just for the church at large, but I'm praying for unity in my family, unity with my kids. And I think that that's the thing is when, when we realize that we can talk to God at any moment about anything, God is consistently calling us to small steps of obedience. And when we choose to say yes in the small, it's often when he will begin to trust us with the big prayer is coming to God with our burdens and leaving them there, allowing Him to do exactly what He says He will do, which is carry them for us. That's the power and the privilege of prayer. I love Jesus Calling. I became aware of it years ago through mutual ministry friend that introduced me to it. And then Jesus Calling for Kids we've used for years with our children from the time that they were small. And I think that what I love about it is, number one, it's something that you can digest. It puts it in a way that helps you digest scripture in such a beautiful way, but also it's doable. And I think sometimes devotions can be overwhelming because it seems like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for this. It puts structure to something that you are able to do and digest every single day, and it takes some of the guesswork out. Things change every day. It feels like there's something every moment of the day, if you just flip on the news and go, oh my word, here's something else that's devastating. Here's somewhere else that's falling apart. Here's something else that seems uncertain. These things are all uncertain. That's why we don't place our hope and our value in the things of this world. We place our hope and our value in the love of God that never lets us go. That's why we can choose to not fear even when things seem so scary. We can have an anchor knowing that God's love will never let us go. The world is unpredictable. But we don't have to live according to that unpredictability because we have something that is predictable, that is certain, that is sure, and we can build our life on it. And that's the love of God. Actress, influencer, and social media personality, Tabitha Brown. Uh, in 2016, I woke up with a terrible headache, you know, in the back of my head, and that headache rested there every day for a year and seven months. It never went away. 
I was in the doctor week after week, month after month, MRIs, blood work, and everything would come back normal. And I thought, oh my God, what is wrong with me? You know, I was falling apart inside and out and really thought I was gonna die. And when doctors can't tell you what's wrong with you, it gets frustrating. My faith wavered. I was scared. I fell into depression, had major anxiety. And after some time, I had what I call my coming to Jesus moment in my bathroom. And I prayed my final prayer. Cause what I realized is during that time of sickness, I had been habitually praying, which means I was just praying out of habit, saying kind of the same thing, but I wasn't believing what I was praying. And so I had to get to a place where I was like, okay, Lord, let me have this last call of help to you. And that was, God, if you heal me, you can have me. And I won't try to live my life my way anymore. I will simply do what you have called me to do. And I will be who you created me to be. And a couple weeks later, um, I had had this dream and I saw myself like very free and healthy and well uh, and on a show. And I was like, that's so weird because I haven't been you know, able to do any auditions or anything like that. But later my daughter came home from school and she was like, uh, mom, we saw this documentary at school today and I think you should watch it. And it was What the Hell on Netflix. And so it ain't every day a teenager come home and tell you to watch a documentary. And so I watched it and it was a light bulb moment for me when they started talking about not all diseases are hereditary, is that we eat the same thing, causing the same disease in our family. And so I decided to do a 30-day plant-based vegan challenge. And in the first 10 days of the 30 days, the headache I had had every single day disappeared. And I started having energy again and the pain started to leave my body. And I knew I was on the right path. And from that day, you know, the idea of it being a 30-day challenge just went away. And then it was like, you know what, this is gonna be my life. I'm gonna live my life this way. So I was doing a lot of things that I felt like I didn't pay attention to. But when I really started having these conversations with myself, I was like, well, maybe that's part of the reason. And also I wasn't living a life of freedom. I wasn't being me. I wasn't being true to myself or true to God and who he created me to be. So when I went on that journey and after I prayed that prayer, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to only be who I'm meant to be and be free while doing so. And I truly believe that because my life was spared, I believe that going plant based, that whole 30 day challenge was the eye opener for me that really saved and changed my life. You know, it's important for me to connect with God daily, honey, because he is my source, right? I truly believe, you know, when they say we're made in his image, there's no greater creation, right? And I don't do anything without seeking him first. Cause I lived my life my way for a very long time, honey, and, and, and made a whole lot of mistakes and did it wrong. But the moment that I said, you can have me, right? I'm yours to do as you will. And I will only trust you. And I will only hear from him to make decisions and how I live my life. My whole world changed. I'm a direct result of him and being obedient to him. The greatest, gift to me is that, you know, God's love. And I honor that. And I know he honors me for that, but it's everything to me, honey. First and foremost, I'm always praying for health, right? To remain healthy mentally, physically, and always to remain true, right? Those are always my constant prayers. Of course, for my family, for my friends, for the world, because I feel like the world is at such a, a tough time, a dark space. 
a lot of people are lacking love in this time, so I pray for love for everybody. And so I pray for that a lot, for people to feel loved, people to feel seen and to feel heard, but also to feel like they have somebody, you know, because being alone is not a good feeling. And so that's definitely something I pray for a lot. You know, I find joy in helping others by sharing my story, right? I never ever try to push my life on anyone. I never tell anybody they gotta go vegan or they gotta be plant-based. I simply just share my story. And people feel inspired by it for some reason, <laughs> but they're always like, you know what? The way you do it makes me wanna try it. And so then I know I'm doing something right, you know? And I think that that's my purpose is to share love and, and light, but also help people see food differently. Because for a long time, you know, I'm from the South, so honey, I saw food completely different growing up. You know, it was more about how good the food tasted, not that it was good for us. And so I had to retrain my way of thinking and let food be my medicine, right? Um, and eat from the, from the earth. And showing people that without judgment, without pushing it on anyone, but doing it with light and doing it with humor. You know, making it fun, making it simple, telling stories while I cook, you know, little things like that. I think it helps. And I think people gravitate towards that. And that's the way we should all be. We should all strive to share without judgment, live our life authentically us, and know that we're enough in the process of doing so. I feel like I live my life by example. I'm always trying to encourage others to be kind, to spread love and see each other, right? But the only way we can take time to see someone else is if we truly see ourselves. And a lot of times when we're not intentional about being loving or being kind, it's because we're not kind to ourselves. So it always starts with us first. So if you are in love with you, right, and you know how to treat you, and you also know how to treat other people. So I always say start with you so that you know how to be kind to you. So then in return, you can be kind to others. Thank you for listening to this special monthly series as part of the Jesus Calling podcast. Be sure and follow the Jesus Calling podcast so you can hear the full stories from each of these guests. And also make sure you get these special bonus episodes each month. For more information on Jesus Calling and Sarah Young, please visit JesusCalling.com or visit us on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.